Hello to everyone tuning in to the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing conscious leaders who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your ability to lead and manifest your dreams in this reality. If there is one thing that life has taught me up until this point, it's that anything can happen. This notion of anything being able to happen at any moment when we really sit into it is one of the main reasons so many of us are experiencing challenges in our state of being, such as anxiety, paranoia, and agitation, to name but a few. These all stem from an overactive sympathetic nervous system, which is classically referred to as the fight or flight system within our bodies. While we cannot control the outside world, we can learn to control our reactions towards it. And one of the best practices I have found for this includes cold water exposure and the art of breath work. In our current time in history, I feel it is more important than ever for people to be aware of these types of practices, especially considering they do not require money for us to explore. And is the reason why I am so fired up about today's guest on the show. He is a certified Wim Hof facilitator hosting workshops across the country to empower each individual he works with, with the ability to not only control his or her nervous system, but to literally become the eye of the storm in their lives, which allows for heightened presence, confidence, and awareness of their own state of being. In addition, he is also a yoga teacher and a highly skilled Czech practitioner, which allows him to have a unique skill set to bestow upon his clients in their ever-evolving journey into self-mastery. So, Prepare to unlock the archetype of the supple leopard as I welcome my man, Yuri Opendik, to the show. Yuri, what's up, brother? Hey, Ryan. Thank you for having <laughs> me on your show. Very Absolutely. happy to be here. Yeah, man. You know, we got to meet at Paul's uh, 60th birthday party, man, and I knew right away, yeah. I was like, man, this guy's a cool cat. <laughs> Same, brother. Same. Yes, hell yes. <laughs> As I like to say, game recognize game, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and man, you know... From what I know about you and, you know, obviously following you for a while now and meeting you in person, you know, you have an amazing journey and, you know, it's very similar to, you know, a lot of our journeys and, you know, in lieu of, you know, finding things you're passionate about, you know, being of service, et cetera, especially people who listen to this show. I mean, we're all high achievers, go-getters. We want to be of service, make the world a better place, leave the garden of earth greener than when we found it. And, you know, I see all of that in you. And so, you know, I'd love if you could bring us through, you know, really how you got into what you do now for work, right? And what you do of service, because, you know, it seems like you've, you've, you've always been in this, uh, at least from what I know of you, you've always been in a very similar type of container in terms of like yoga, you know, and then check stuff and now Wim Hof. But I'm curious, you know, how you took the milestone from each place and moved it right from yoga into check into uh, Wim Hof, or if those things are all happening simultaneously. You know, it kind of happened all simultaneously, one following the other. Uh, I was at a point in my life where, you know, I was kind of um, pretty much had achieved, you know, quote unquote, uh, all those things that I was searching for as an immigrant living in the United States. You know, we came from USSR and I I left right before USSR broke. So I really remember uh, how it was back then. You know, it was... um, really simple life we didn't have much uh, a lot of things a lot of material things so coming into united states you know uh, growing up here you know survival mode was was the key you know making it here learning the language uh establishing myself and so that was a that was an interesting uh, journey in itself and i was you know i was about 39 i was 39 years old uh, had already you know had a family i had two kids um I had a really good job working in the IT field for 20 years. I was making good money. You know, I've, I've been practicing yoga for about uh, 12 years. You know, I've been kind of, you know, self-developing myself all those years and growing spiritually. Um, I started to get in touch with my with my soul. And, and the question of what do I really want to do with my life? That was, that was so key for me. It was just kept coming up and I was turning 40. And I was really asking myself, what do I, what do I really want to do here? You know, what is, what is my purpose? And so that's when um, uh, the uh, desire to go to India came, came through to, uh, to become a teacher. And um, I went to India. That was an incredible experience of, uh, of uh, meeting uh, a great teacher, a philosophy teacher that I built a uh, really great connection to. We shared a lot of interesting 
deep knowledge with me. And um, when I came back from India, I started teaching yoga and uh, I had already known about the Wim Hof method. I, I mean, I, I knew about Wim for about probably five years. He kept coming up on my radar, but uh, that's when I decided to start practicing the method. And, and I just started feeling the benefits. I had practiced some cold exposure prior, you know, it was really unconscious, just going, kind of jumping in the water, popping right out. It wasn't anything like what was Wim was really teaching is like really slow, you know, slowly getting into it, building a relationship with the cold. And I started, I started doing that and I felt, I felt incredible. You know, I felt, you know, energy. I felt uh, mind clarity. I felt like I started doing things that I was putting off. Uh, you know, it was helping with my procrastination and uh, I got the desire to go to train with Wim. You know, I looked him up and then, you know, He's doing these retreats in Poland, They're like five days, six day retreats. He's taking people up the mountain in their shorts. Like, you know, I, I have to do this. And so I, uh, I signed up, uh, I signed up for one of those retreats and, uh, I got an extreme back passenger on this on the, on the morning of the flight, I got an extreme, uh, back, uh, back spasm. Mm. I'm not going to go really deep into the story, but long story short, I was, uh, in extreme pain, uh, in that retreat. But I just kept staying positive, and I was doing this this breath work that we were doing. Uh, it, it was it was incredible. It was just so deep and so spiritual, and I just kept focusing on healing my body. And it was exactly that. It was it was a self healing experience on top of that mountain that really uh, uh, you know ignited a passion to to share this method to become an instructor. And so when I came came back to uh, to New York, I decided to become an instructor, and I. Uh, I started healing myself uh, through this breath work, uh, corrective exercises, and that's when Paul Chet came on my radar. And I was like, who is this guy? You know, it's very interesting. And I thought he's a Tai Chi teacher, and I started looking him up, and he's got this institute. And, you know, really that pain messenger drove me uh, uh, that path to uh, to become a holistic coach as well. So it was kind of like one thing led to the next to the other, and so... Once I started really tuning into my uh, to my soul, to to really what I really want, to my intuition, all these things just kind of came into my life, and that's what I've been doing for the last three years: is uh, you know uh, teaching teaching yoga and um, working with clients one on one on holistic coaching and helping them develop them th themselves, and really uh, utilizing the Wim Hof method uh, and the workshops, integrating all these aspects of, uh, of of these natural healing methods into the workshop. And um, it's been pretty incredible. <laughs> wow. That's amazing, man. You know, it's so cool too, because it's it's similar to my journey in the sense that, you know, I had neck tension for years, uh, you know, daily headaches for a while, and I was doing all the right things, quote unquote, right? Uh, and by right, I mean completely wrong now that I understand them, right? Overtraining, uh, you know, not listening to my body, essentially, mm -hmm. you know, being a calculator. That's how I live my life. Like, well, this was the workout on the calendar today. Regardless of how I feel, I'm going to push through it. Oh, I pulled a muscle. I'm going to, you know, just push through it, right? Those kind of things. And so, uh, you know, it, it's very similar to your journey where that pain, it started to frustrate me so much. Like there was one thing I knew and it was like, I am getting over this pain. Come hell or high water, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, at a certain point, uh, I was getting massaged weekly. I was doing all the, you know, quote unquote, again, right things, but it wasn't going away. And I was getting really frustrated and, you know, it really wasn't until I took the leap into starting highly optimized that all of a sudden the headaches went away. Now, the funny thing about it was, and, and this is like kind of like a, a backwards thing, but it just goes to show how simple a lot of the, the quote unquote cures are for the things that ail us. You know, I have long hair and I always kept it up since I started growing it out. I always kept it up in a ponytail. And, uh, and I went to, uh, right when I was about to quit my job, I worked in the cannabis industry. I went to a big cannabis convention and long story short, it didn't play out like I wanted it to. And I had a dark night of the soul and I had a plant medicine ceremony in Vegas kind of spawn uh, spontaneously. And, uh, but oh. it felt right. Right. Like it just felt like someone was like, all right. Yeah. Like weird place to do a plant medicine ceremony, but I was like, okay, <laughs> did it. And, uh, and, and really like the next two, I realized a lot in that journey. I realized I was abusing cannabis, yada, yada. So when I come home, I end up, uh, when I go back to work, I start letting my hair down, 
right? And this is like a metaphor too, right? Like letting our hair down in life, right? It's really what's happening. Uh-huh. And then the headache started to subside. So it was like, it was a whole metaphor for like how I was so constricted into my structure, like, nope, I have to have my hair tied, all this stuff. And then as soon as uh-huh. that started the lesson and I started to follow my soul, everything started to lessen up. And I imagine that's very similar to where you felt as well, from going by what you talked about there. You know, I'm curious about this self-healing experience too, because this is something that Joe Dispenza talks about. We hear about it a lot. You know, I'd love to uh, speak to that. You know, you were talking about how you were tuning in with the, I imagine the intention of healing every day through breath work, but that mountaintop, I want to talk about what happened there. Was it like a spontaneous, like, whoa, it's not there anymore. Did you notice it starting to fade away? Did you tremor it out and like see the trauma leave you kind of, what did that look like? Yeah, I can uh, definitely share more about that whole experience. So, you know, as I was, as I got to Poland, uh, you know, the pain was getting worse and worse by the day because it had just, I had just aggravated, right? And so first thing what happened was, when we got there, what do we do? We get into the cold water, everybody, let's go to the creek, all right? So we do first two minutes in the cold creek. You know, i feeling that my back is not getting any better from the cold water. Next day, same thing, right? Getting Get into the cold creek again with the group. And I feel it's tightening up even more. And so, uh, you know, on the second morning, I speak to Wim. I said, Wim, you know, I got this problem with my back. I don't really don't know what's going on, but it's getting worse and worse. And, and it's getting worse in the cold water. And so he goes, you got to stay out of the cold water. Um, at least, he says, uh, you know, for at least, you know, some period of time. I was really bummed because I was there just for that. And um, so that's what I had to do. I had to stay out of the cold water. Um, um, but I was still practicing cold exposure with the guys. I was going, you know, like light clothes, going barefoot and doing as much as I can to, you know, to just get that cold exposure, you know, experience and, but without actually getting into the cold water. And we were doing this, the breath work that I mentioned every single day. And it was so intense. It was, it, it was like, you know, nothing had, that I had experienced before. And I just kept visualizing healing my back. You know, I had, already and you know studied a little bit of Joe Dispenza's work and so I was using his methods of just visualizations and meditation techniques to heal myself right I was just I'm staying positive I'm, I'm gonna go get up that mountain the thought of not going up that mountain never crossed my mind I just knew I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna go there and so the day before uh, my pain was so intense I couldn't get out of bed and uh, there was uh, this guy with, with us in the group, Mark Garby, and he was from Denmark, and he was a body worker. And so he was giving massages almost every day. Like, I mean, they were helping. He's, he's an amazing, he's, he's just hands made of gold. And, <laughs> and uh, on that day, he did, he just, I remember um, that, that day when I couldn't get out of bed, um, he was doing a massage on me, and he, <laughs> I mean, I was, it was just so painful. I was, I was literally crying. I was, I was crying from the pain, what he was just touching in my body. And, um, the pain was there, you know, physically, my, my body was in pain and it was getting worse, but mentally I was in an in incredible shape. I just kept staying positive. Uh, you know, Wim was, uh, so loving and so open with me. He came up uh, on that day and he's like, come on, get up. We're going to do some breathing exercises, uh, pelvic breathing exercises. And I remember that (laughs) I couldn't take off my socks, but I got my socks off. I stood up and we just, you know, we did some breathing for five to 10 minutes. And he's like, we're going to dance at that mountaintop. I was like, yes, we will. (laughs) Yes, we will. (laughs) And so uh, they basically tell us tomorrow we're going up the mountain. And it was a surprise for nobody really knew when we were, you know, they kept everything kind of like uh, on the, on, on the down low, yeah. not letting us know the program. And so in that morning I, I got up, we do the breath work. I just felt this incredible healing experience at, at, at my at spiritual mental level, but physically I'm still same place. Right. So we're getting dressed, you know, <laughs> we, we, we're starting that hike and, and as we're hiking up that mountain in our shorts, I feel the pain slowly kind of subsiding. It was a very slow process because it took us about two and a half hours to get up to that mountaintop. And as we're getting higher and higher, my pain is slowly leaving my body. It's getting less. It wasn't like it just, you know, totally left my body. So when we got to the, to the top, I was able to jog. I was able to bend down. I mean, I felt like so incredible. 
um, that I was just so high. And when we got back down, everybody's partying. Let's go to the creek. Let's go jump into the cold water. And of course, I went <laughs> with everybody and it wasn't good. I mean, I felt like it's not getting any better from that cold exposure. I still didn't get that pain messenger. I yeah. still didn't listen because I still wanted to push through, right? Like that <laughs> gas pedal. On the way back to Prague, me and my friend Marat, we found this beautiful creek. We stopped. We got into the cold plunge. We did a five-minute cold plunge. Probably well, 100% it wasn't a good idea. Yeah. Still didn't get my lesson. And then when I get back to New York, my nephew comes over and we go do a plunge. It was like uh, January 20th or something. We do. Uh, he actually didn't plunge. I plunged. And then when I got out of the cold water, I just felt like my whole body was stiffening up. I barely got dressed. And when we got to the car, I could not get in the car. I just felt I tried to get in the car and the pain was so intense. I was on the on the pavement just crying. Just with the most excruciating physical pain I've ever experienced in my life. And so uh, so he got me home. I was on my living room floor for uh, two and a half days. I, couldn't, I wasn't able to move. I couldn't even go to the bathroom. My wife got you know, the drugs uh, that the doctor just prescribed for me, uh, painkillers. Nothing was helping me. Um, I started, you know, I was trying to breathe, but the, the, the drugs were making me drowsy. So I was just, you know, kind of doze off. And so on the third day, I said, no more drugs. And I started breathing twice a day, uh, at least an hour uh, each session. And about uh, in about three or four days, my pain went down 50%. And that's when I knew that's that's my route. That's what I'm going to yes. do. I'm just going to keep breathing until I heal myself. And, you know, the emotion of not, you know, being able to play with my kids, you know, because when you're in that state, I don't know if you ever experienced that, you think it's going to be, that's it. This is your, you're, you're just going to be in there forever. And your mind just, my mind couldn't comprehend it. I mean, I was just, uh, I'm just going to be, you know, like this for the rest of my life. I'm not going to be able to play with my kids. I just had no it was that I'm going to heal myself. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get back on my feet. And I started breathing and I wouldn't stop. And I used, you know, those needle mats. I would do visualization techniques. I would raise my legs through pain, breathing, holding, doing all kinds of experimenting, all kinds of breath holds, bandhas. Uh, and in about three weeks, I was teaching yoga. Hello, everybody. I hope you are all enjoying the show. I wanted to stop by and fill you in on our brand new, completely free to join Facebook community called the Highly Optimized Ceremony Circle. Now, I imagine many of you are aware of the newest creation within Highly Optimized, which is the Connect with Cannabis 10-week coaching certification program. Alex and I have been having so much fun empowering coaches with the skill set of coaching with cannabis and helping them up-level their coaching practice that we wanted to create a place where anyone could join to ask questions, receive free information on how to work with cannabis and the way we teach in the program, and be able to gain clarity around how to get the best results of their clients in order to become financially independent in their coaching practice. To join, hop over to the link in our Instagram bio and send us a request. It is our intention to assist as many coaches, facilitators, and healers as possible in the important work they are doing in the world. And if you were looking to join a community of like-minded individuals just like you who are passionate about helping their clients achieve the highest quality of life possible, the Highly Optimized Ceremony Circle is for you. I am looking forward to speaking with all of you in the group. And as always, enjoy the show. It took a while uh, to get back to 100%. I mean, the road to recovery is slow and that's how it should be. And um, But it, it taught me so many lessons. and. Had it not happened to me, I doubt that, you know, I would have gone down this holistic, uh, holistic coaching route. I doubt that I would have uh, met Paul and maybe not even became uh, an instructor for the method, you know. So that that pain messenger, it, it was necessary. It, it had to happen. And it's still it's still happening. It's still guiding me. Um, I re-aggravated my back about eight months later because I still didn't listen. I thought, oh, I'm healed. I started lifting weights, too much weight, and I re-aggravated it. And now I'm in the process of re-healing. So it's a process of learning to uh, let go, to learning when to stop, when not, not to push. The body is so intelligent, it lets you know. And when the mind gets in the way, 
that's when you know all these things happen but um that energetic pain messenger was was 100 energetic and it just happened on a dime i mean i, I didn't do anything strenuous and i knew that uh, it would guide me somewhere because same thing happened to me ryan two years exactly prior to that when i was going to my second diet in the jungle and so i got a back 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 spasm and i i went to peru and then i went uh through this whole self-healing experience over there which uh changed my life you know it's funny man like you know those pain teachers right as pain as paul talks about them right that you know they're there to teach us something right and you know for anyone listening like I imagine the same boat you were in, right? Like it's still frustrating as hell when you're going through it, no matter how much work you've done, like you still have those thoughts of like, I can, I can literally relate to a very specific memory where I was thinking that exact same thing of like, is this how I'm going to be forever? Um, you know, it was, uh, it was the day, I think it was like a, a week before new year's. And, uh, it was about, it was actually the year that I started my business right before I started my business. This is actually another one of the big things that catapulted. I just remember this. Wow. That's interesting. But, um, you know, I had, I had been lifting, doing something, tweaked my lower back, right. Uh, went to see a physical therapist and, uh, this person looked at me for all the two seconds and was like, oh, you herniated the disc. And at this time I had some serious body dysmorphia issues going on. And I had some serious, like, you know, what was me going on? Like, you know, dark night of the soul around this where I was like, oh my God, does that mean I'm you know broken forever? I had all these physical goals. I wanted to reach, started going down the rabbit hole ended up going to the gym with a friend of mine and, and like trying to like almost lift my way out of it. Like, no, I'm going to show myself that I'm fine. Like, this is just like, this is no big deal. And I ended up messing up my back more. And that was a, that was a, a day before new year's. And then on new year's, I woke up super stiff, just like you on my right mm-hmm. side, uh, like right in my QL, like area. So as that type of thing woke up and we were doing a, a mushroom ceremony that night. And so mm-hmm. uh, I remember we were all you know, tripping and and constantly during it, it was almost like, you know, as we were journeying, I would remember and all those thoughts, I would see them just blank in my mind of like, this is how you're always going to be. Look at like, you know, my girlfriend, at the uh, my girlfriend still at the time uh, was like, you know, kind of moving around like, you know, like kind of like a cat and doing cool things. And I was sitting there being like, damn, I'm never going to be able to do that again. But what that experience showed me was that, hey, you know, slow down a little bit, right? Like, actually be aware of how your body's feeling. And so through that experience, I was able to gain so much more awareness around like, oh, maybe, you know, soft talking knowledge, maybe I'm training too much. Maybe I should look into that. Right. And then that went to like, I am training too much. I am going to look into that. Right. And so it's interesting how these things play out, you know, because at any point during that journey, you could have said, all right, screw it. I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. I guess I can't lift weights anymore. I guess I can't go in cold water anymore. But there was a, there was willpower there. And willpower is something that, you know, it's, it's something that I feel is not talked about enough because it really is like one of our human superpowers, right? Our ability to enact will into what we want out of life. Really, that's how we manifest, right? And, you know, I'm curious for you because, you know, people hear cold water and immediately they're like, you know, they have one of two reactions, either hell yes, I love that. Or, oh my God, you're crazy. I would never do that. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and I used to be in the latter, right? I used to be someone who was like, yeah, have fun with your ice baths. I'm never going to do that until I realized how much amazing stuff comes from it. And so there's a whole rabbit hole we can go down here with regards to what the cold brings about in terms of benefits. But one of the ones that I feel like is not talked about enough, you'll hear about nervous system, you hear about that stuff, which is super important, but the ability for you to gain willpower over your life, right? Because especially you live in New York, right? So you know what it's like when you're the first I would say probably 20 or 30 times that you go outside in the winter and you're about to get in to an ice bath and you have to kick through the ice, right? Or in a pond or something like that. There's an, there's a primordial response in your body where where some voice is like, you sure you know what you're doing up there, right? But the ability to override that and get in is something that I related to willpower, right? You might have a different term, but you know, I related to willpower. I'm curious for you, like, how has cold exposure illuminated the immense amount of willpower in your life? That's a great question, Ryan. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest benefits for me from cold exposure has been exactly that, is mm. building my willpower. Um, it is incredibly mental, right? So I don't want to get into the cold water. I don't want to yes. take the cold shower. I have resistance every single time. And the level of resistance really varies how uh how i set my mindset right am i am i just like 
I'm just going to do it or I'm putting it off. I'm like, let me, let me do this. Let me check my email. Let me, and then I'll do it. Right. So the more I, I entertain these thoughts, uh, the harder it is the more resistance I build up to getting into the cold water. And so what I noticed, right. Once I started getting into that cold water is that I stopped. Well, I can't say I stopped procrastinating, but I, you know, I became much more productive in the things that I wanted to do. I started doing them every single time I would take a cold shower. I knew I would, I had to overcome my mind. I don't want to get into the cold shower, but once I do, and when I come out of it, I feel accomplished. Mm. I feel like I've, I've done it and it takes, uh, it takes consistency to really build on it. But cold exposure has been the catalyst, the one that has uh, helped me build up my willpower to do all these things that I've been putting off. It is one I say uh, to me, it's probably the number one benefit of cold exposure is it is mental. It is, it is physical. There are so many physical benefits, which are amazing, you know, boosting your immune system and, and all, all the other stuff. But for me, it's, it's mental. It's like, it's a game that I'm playing with myself that I don't want my mind wants none of it. I don't want to get into that. You know, we get, I swim in the ocean. I have, you know, we have a group of guys that meet up in the ocean here and uh, winter time and it's windy and it's, you know, uh, it's freezing. And we don't want to, you know, you get out there, <laughs> it's cold, but we're just going to do it, right? I'm going to take off my clothes. I'm going to feel that wind. And it's going to be, you know, five to 10 minutes of cold exposure. I'm going to go through this whole process of maybe my hands are going to get frozen. Maybe I'm going to experience an after drop. I'm going to shiver, whatever it is. But it, after it, I feel amazing. I feel amazing. I mean, and that's why I do it because, uh, because it's difficult. And it's medicine. And, you know, to me, it's like free, like you said, it's free medicine in the pipes here in New York, eight months out of the year, it's cold water. So if I'm not going to take advantage of it, then I'm just, you know, I'm missing out. And I, and I feel like everybody, not everybody, but most people should really get acquainted with this medicine because it just does wonders. It, it's an anchor water is magic and cold water is just, it's, it, 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 I don't know. It's just for me, it, it is transformational transformation absolutely it's you know it's so empowering right like i grew up in boston i've lived here my whole life and you know i always loathed winter right like it would be like oh my god summer's here great spring's really cool fall i even like and then it was like this dread of winter right and when i got into cold exposure it was because i remember there was there was a day and this is when i had a lot of neck tension still so i was having a lot of spasm issues and i was walking through stop and shop bundled up mm -hmm. right and i went mm -hmm. by the freezer section we're talking like december january pretty much similar time to now and i remember i was like shivering right and i was like i finally just made a decision i was like this has got to stop i have to face this like i'm not going to let the cold have power over my life anymore because honestly that's just a scapegoat right like i am disempowering myself there's nothing's doing it to me and this story i'm playing that the cold is painful right is what's mm -hmm. doing it the first thing was realizing that, oh, cold isn't painful, right? Like it's, it's, it's not inherently, it doesn't hurt, right? It's a sensation, but it was actually like remapping, like, what is that sensation? So for me, now I actually think of cold as very similar to like doing things like mint does when you smell it, it livens you, it wakes you up. And, you know, yes. like you were saying, it has so many physical health benefits, especially for men, like, you know, so many sexual benefits, so many like sexual health oh, benefits, yeah. so many amazing things. I remember Paul talking about how every night before he goes <laughs> into his bedroom, he's in the cold plunge. Right. And, <laughs> and it makes perfect sense. Right. It, 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 it really, it, uh, it hardens you in a good way though. Right. Like it actually, not only does it harden your physical body and like make you more impervious. I mean, yeah. it's funny how once, no matter how cold it is outside, once I take that cold shower, I'm immune to the cold for the rest of that day. And then the next day I'll wake up and it will start again. Right. But you know, I can go outside in 10, 20 degree other. I, I, every morning I wake up at seven 30 and I go out and do Tai Chi, mm -hmm. right. Right in the yard, no matter what temperature it is, no matter what condition it is. And you know, that process gets so much easier. Once I just hop in the cold shower, then go outside. I'm like, Oh, this is warm compared to what I just went through. And, right. you know, one of the things that I always think about too, is that I know, I imagine I know why for the outsider looking in, like someone who hasn't done this kind of stuff, and especially someone who I would say to use a blanket term, isn't in the self-development, maybe in the, in the most ways or whatever, 
they could look at this and be like, wow, you guys are punishing yourselves, right? Because for them, it's like, yeah, like we know it too. We don't want to get in the cold water, right? But it's a discipline we do. And, and there's a whole idea about discipline that I've really been tuning into, which is that a lot of people, I feel like mis- mistake discipline for their purpose, right? So like, you know, you do cold exposure so you can keep your mind at bay, right? Like, so you have clarity of mind so that you're in, like you're aligned in mind, body and spirit, right? There's a reason for you to do that discipline. And I feel a lot of people are doing discipline to be someone who's the identity of a disciplined person. And the challenge with that is that that's where I find most people go overboard because there's no end to it, right? Versus like, you realized when you were going into the cold, it took you a couple of times, right? Like it always does for most of us, but it took you a couple of times to realize like, Hey, my back is not responding well to this. Right. So even though you were disciplined and you were dedicated and devoted to doing that cold exposure, you realized at a certain point that that form of discipline wasn't helping you reach your actual goal of why you were doing the discipline. So you were able to then repurpose it because the ultimate thing that mattered was, you know, creating this new lifestyle, this new identity is, you know, instructor, someone that helps people heal through cold exposure, through breath work, et cetera. And so I feel this is where a lot of people get it messed up because, you know, and I, I know cause I did it right. It was just like, harder workouts, two a days. Now I got to do three a days. And it was just like, when does it end? Right? Like you're going to burn out you're going to, you're going to, you know, break yourself. And so what I love about the cold is that, you know, it's, it's for such a, I like, if I looked at it one way, it'd be such a yang focused activity, right? Like, oh, you're getting out in the cold, you're doing, you know, like a breath work and you're getting in the cold. But once you're in there, it becomes a yin game, right? Like it's mm-hmm. about like really centering in and tuning in. And so I'm curious for you, like, you know, do you feel that like, especially being trained in yoga, which I mean, the meaning of yoga is union, right? So like, do you, do you, do you feel being trained in yoga? Like what other things, you know, do you think help you find that yin when you get to the ice? Like when you're instructing people, say if there's someone who, you know, maybe they've never done a cold exposure before, right? How do you help them find that yin once they hit that cold water and everything in them tells them, yikes, right? Like, I'm curious what you do there. Yeah, for me, it's definitely both. It's yin and yang, right? So mm. once you just get in there, it's like that kind of fight or flight and then yeah. really using the breath, right? The breath to come down to get into the yin. So that process is powerful, right? So by learning all these pranayama techniques uh, throughout my life, I really just really um, connected to the breath really connected how powerful the breathing is and and once i started really using these pranayama techniques that's when my uh, yoga practice you know kind of went into the next level and so um i'll share one thing here right now please <laughs> I, I i'll tell you i learned how to breathe in the jungle mm. in the jungle in the darkness where and the medicine was so strong that unless you use your breath you're in trouble, buddy. There is yes. no way out. If he will not let you go, you think that you know you're gonna purge it out? No, it's not gonna happen until you really start connecting to your breath. And so that is embedded in me, and that is really what I'm portraying. What I'm trying to transmit uh, to uh, to participant that comes to my workshop when I breathe with them is to really breathe together. And I, I love to look the person in the eyes, especially or when I feel that they need help when they're doing fine, I'll, I'll probably pick up one of my instruments and I'll, and I'll help them tune in even more with the vibration of, of some music. But I see that they're struggling. I'll, I'll be there for them and I'll look them in the eyes and say, let's breathe together. And so we'll just start slowly taking in deeper breaths and connecting to the breath. And, you know, <laughs> it works. It works. When the person relaxes and they're, they're present, and they're not thinking about the pain. I mean, if you start thinking about the pain and how, you know, how cold you are, or am I, you know, all these thoughts, then that's where you're going to be manifesting. Mm-hmm. But if you're just being in the moment, right, that's what I'm, what I'm sharing at my workshops. When you're allowed to be yourself in the moment, don't judge the experience, feel your breath and slowly, gradually slow down the breath. And I've had people, you know, want to not want to leave, you know, especially women. They just want to stay in, you know, five minutes and, and, uh, you know, that's, that's just get, they get so tuned in and they get into this meditation where they're really connecting to the medicine of the cold. And, um, I think that's powerful when you can get into that meditation. For me, what the cold does is it brings me into the now. So 
when you're in that cold water, first thing you want to do is you want to jump out, right? Like, you know, all these things in life, we just want to escape most of the time, all these stressors, right? And so what the cold does, it, it, it makes you be there. So being in the present moment, connecting to my breath, and that practice helps me in my daily, daily life, right? When my with uh, you know with kids with work with all, all these stuff you know uh, the, the the you know traffic in new york city is you know, yes. people we can get a little crazy here. <laughs> yes that's a reminder you know about my breath i i remember that i have my breath and i'm going to use it in those stressful situations and to me this is just you know one of those one of those things that um we forget one of those benefits of the cold is really dealing with uh day-to-day stress by remembering I have this breath and it's incredibly powerful. And so we forget, right? And so I forget it's, and I remind myself, Oh, I have my breath. Let me, let me take one breath and just feel that and drop into my breath and take the next one and just, and just watch and and hopefully being able to watch. It's not, it's not, it's not automatic. Nothing's automatic. It's all practice, right? There's, all we have is practice and but there is no theory there is there's some theory but it doesn't work in real life what works is practice and so just <laughs> i'm practicing every day sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i'm just trying to be better every single day every single try i fail just like everybody else and i'm going to fail you know thousands of times more but i'm just going to keep trying i'm going to keep going yeah you know one thing that's so potent there too is that you know i imagine you've had the realization and i say realization specifically and this is another like rabbit hole i've been going down i'm a huge language nerd and you know something about the word realization is that people use it you know interchangeably for like noticed where it's like oh yeah i realized that right but in my mind realization is actually the process of taking a knowing something that you learn something that you picked up from someone and embodying it and making it real right so i imagine that you know, you realized during this process that the the mind, the body, right? Like this process that the cold brings you through, right? Which allows you to be in the present moment, which allows you to be here now as Ram Das says, right? What is the big thing that everyone's talking about right now with feelings, right? Like feel your feelings, right? But what does that actually mean? It means be present with your feelings. And so I imagine for you, you know, that process of getting into the cold and becoming present has allowed, has allowed you to realize this whole idea of, oh, when I'm, you know, when my thoughts are going around like wild, right? My breath's going to be a certain way. And that's going to evoke certain thoughts that's then like feed into this vicious cycle of what stories I'm putting on the feelings I'm feeling. So maybe I'm tightening my chest and it's been a stressful day. So now it's, oh, I'll never get this tightness out of my chest. I feel upset. I feel anxious, right? Versus that same tightness in your chest. If Wim hit you up and was like, hey, Yuri, can you help fill in for an instructor that, you know, can't make it to Poland? And you feel that same constrictedness because you're like, whoa, this is a lot. And so it's, it's really just the stories we're putting on those feelings that are then leading to the thoughts and emotions or the thoughts that lead to the emotional states that we actually, uh, that we actually feel. And so, you know, it's really interesting because this whole process, uh, at least for me of getting into the cold has really helped so much further my ability to be emotionally aware, to be self-aware. And like you were saying, you know, nothing is perfect, right? I am far from it, as I imagine, you know, you were saying mm-hmm. you are too, right? Like, it's just that, that we're quicker to have the awareness, I imagine, is yes. what we're quicker at doing. And then we're yes. quicker at being able to actually do something with that awareness, right? Absolutely. That's exactly it. I mean, what, what we're doing is we're raising our awareness. We're more aware, more conscious, uh, less reactionary, just even just a millimeter less. That's a win. That's the, for me, that's a win. Uh, there's those good days and there's those, you know, bad days when just everything just hits the fan. And, uh, and sometimes I lose it. I lose my cool, with, especially with the kids when I'm alone, when my wife travels and she does weddings and, and all, all the stuff. And, um, but, um, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> uh, slowly the road, the road is slow. Uh, so yes. I, I remind myself the slower, the better. And, uh, I like that. I like that way. Uh, I'm not, I'm in, I'm in no rush to get anywhere. 
Yeah. You know, the funny paradox that I've noticed, right? And this is something I've fallen into in life. And I imagine for someone listening, maybe this resonates with you. I imagine you've gone through a Yuri is that we, we hear something, right? Like cold exposure. And there's a part of us that's like, oh, that's crazy, whatever. And there's another part of us that's like, ooh, that'd be cool to experience, right? But then for me, what usually happens is this whole story of like, well, other people have already started this so far, you know, uh, before you, you're never going to be, you know, the best at it. So why even start it? Right. And the paradox there, right. Is that, that I found is the time's going to go by anyway, right? Like we're going to be alive regardless, you know, hopefully anyway. And so, you know, if we start something now, who's to say in 10 years, we won't be one of the best in the world at it, right? Who's saying a year, we might not be the best in the world at if we devote ourselves to it. But I think that's a common trap that I see people get stuck in, you know, is that, you know, they're like, well, even if I have the chance of slipping up, then why am I even going to do it? Because I'm not going to be a perfect at it. And it's like, well, hey, yeah. you're definitely not perfect at it now, right? You have some changes you want to make. And the only difference is the days are going to go by regardless. You have the same amount of time anyone else does, you know, in terms of hours yeah. of the day. But the only thing that changes is, are you going to commit to doing this for as little as 10 minutes a day, right? Like it doesn't have to be a crazy bite that people bite off. And I think that that's, you know, another common challenge I see with my clients is they're like, all right, this is the week. I'm going to change everything. I'm going to go to the gym, wake up at five in the morning, get to the gym, do an ice bath every day. I'm going to go meal prep all my food. And I'm like, hey, hey, that's great. But like, that's a recipe for disaster because people, what they do is they set themselves up almost for failure by stacking on so many new patterns at once. And that's what, you know, you were speaking to there, like slowly, right? Like everything will get done. The time's going to go by, you know, the more that you give yourself, the more that you trust yourself and you stay in alignment with integrity with yourself, because you say what you, you, you do what you say you're going to do, you know, the, the level raises of which you can, you know, believe in yourself and then have more power and energy to do the next thing. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to try for five minutes staying in an ice bath. Okay. Now let me try for six versus like, you know, the people that go out there and like, I'm going to get 10 minutes and they're not breathing right. And then, you know, you have to console them after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not about powering through for sure. It's not about, you know, the time. Um, yeah. I, I, I recently saw, um, so Joe Rogan doing his ice bath and I, and I thought, you know, what is happening with Joe? He's like really suffering in there. And he was trying to, he was trying to uh, think, either win some bed or, or trying to prove to somebody that he can stay longer. Uh, I don't recommend that. And uh, I'm not trying to self uh, set any records myself. I always go by how I feel. And, and I say this to, uh, to all the people that come to my workshops, two minutes is plenty. You get you get two minutes in there, you get full benefits of full exposure. You feel like staying in longer, and your body's telling you, "Yes, stay there longer." But um, there is no need to like if you're shivering in, in your in your ice bath, that's your body's uh, telling you that it's time to come out. Yeah, I think Take that's really in. yeah. I think it's really important to understand that because you know we do live in a world where, especially men, right? Like we love to be competitive, and com competition isn't necessarily a bad thing. But it's, is it friendly competition? Like, hey, I'm going to try to beat your six minute, but if my body starts shivering, I'm going to get out. Or is it like, I don't mean anything unless I beat your six minute record, right? Like there's different ways to be competitive, like whether it's something you're trying on or is it something you're buying, right? Like, and mm -hmm. so, you know, when you try it on, it can be a fun, you know, thing. Like when we, when I go to Ice and Iron with uh, Eddie and all those guys, I don't know if, I don't know if you've met them yet, but um, we have a cool little chapter here called Ice and Iron. And, uh, you know, we do a bunch of cold plunges and he's got the sauna there. We work out, we do a bunch of breath work right before we hit the ice and, uh, it's cool. super fun. Right. And we'll do some friendly competition there, but the way that I do it is someone will get in at the same time as me. Like we'll go together and, uh -huh. and they'll, and, and usually at this point, I'll look at them. I'm like, how long you plan on this day? And they're like, I don't know how long you plan on this day. And I'm like, tell my body says no. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, okay, cool. And if they're in longer than me and I'm like, I'm feeling the sign, let's get out. Usually I end up uh -huh. right around two, two and a half minutes, right? Like I'm not trying to beat any records these days. I just really enjoy giving my body uh, that treatment because it really helps. And then from there, I'll hop in the sauna and I feel fucking amazing after, right? Like mm -hmm. it's such a high. I mean, talk about the endorphins and all the actual physiological components we can break down, but it's such a rush just knowing like that was hard. Like objectively, that's hard, right? Like, you know, you can lift weights and what might be heavy to one person isn't heavy to the next person. But I'd say 
for most people, cold is hard. And so you kind of know, like, no matter who you talk to, they're going to be like, yeah, an ice bath is pretty crazy, right? So you know, when you got out of that, that you just did something that before that, you might have told yourself you couldn't have even done, or regardless, if you've done it before, and you knew you could do it, it, you know, you didn't want to do it, but yet you pushed through and you did it. And I think that like we were talking about at the beginning is one of the most powerful benefits of it is just realizing how much power you have over the mind, right? right? The mind's going to say what it's going to say, but it's not reality, right? It's just, it's just a thought and you get to choose as the sovereign being that operates this vessel, whether or not that, that thought is going to be taken as accurate or inaccurate. And for me, what I find most of the time is that many of my thoughts are inaccurate, right? As to how I see myself. And so what I do now is, you know, and I'm curious if you use something like this too, is, you know, now when I start seeing negative thoughts come in, I almost take the opposite. So say if it's like, oh, Ryan, you definitely don't want to get in an ice bath today, right? And and my body feels okay, right? There's no reason that's coming up in terms of like, hey, you really beat up or something. You know, mm-hmm. what I'll say is go, oh, I remember that I've devoted myself to doing an ice bath whenever it feels right. And that thought just reminded me of how powerful and potent it is to realize that, yes, this is worth going into some discomfort for. So thank you, negative thought, for bringing that up in me so that I can recommit to myself and devote to this practice. And so I'm curious for you if you've like played that little like mental jujitsu with your thoughts and like taking the opposite and you use those to push you forward. That's that's a good one, Ryan. I like it. Um, uh, when I get those thoughts, I usually, especially with, the, with, with cold exposure, I, I remind myself that uh, I've been here before. I've had these thoughts before. Uh, I know how it's going to play out. If I don't go in, I know I'm going to feel uh, defeated. Like I'm going to, I'm going to say I should have went or at the end of the day, or I probably will, will have some kind of like regret or some kind of like chip on my shoulder that I didn't go through with it. And so I'll just go through that process of, you know, I, I've been here before. I, I know how this makes me feel. And so I'm not going to entertain these thoughts for now. I'm just going to feel and be present with what is. And then I will uh, dissect it mentally after I've done it. So that's that's kind of my my process. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it works for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great method, man. You know, like, you know, I love that too, because what a lot of people do, you know, and we hear this a lot in the plant medicine world too, which I imagine we'll get into in the next podcast, but you know, especially men, men are the Taurus for this, right? I'm going to kill my ego, right? I'm going to kill my thoughts, right? These kind of like really aggressive aggro statements, right? And, you know, if we understand that words have power and words create our reality, then, you know, telling yourself that you're going to kill a part of you probably isn't going to make you feel too good overall, right? Like no matter how it might feel to, to say that, like, you know, the after effects are not going to be good because you start looking at part of you as the enemy. And that further separates you from the wholeness that really this whole mission of life is to reclaim so that you can stop becoming part of the cycle of death and rebirth and the karmic cycle and all that. But, you know, one of the things I've noticed is that the more we can meet these thoughts with like, with compassion, like in my case, I'll say like, oh, thank you thoughts, right? Like, not like, fuck you thoughts. I don't care about you. Right. I'm going to do the opposite now. Right. And, and that's what I love about your approach too, is that, you know, it's just as if a child does something wrong or like if a child spills milk, you don't tell a child he's an asshole. Right. You know, you're like, Oh, you spilled milk. That's okay. Right. We can wipe that up. Hey, like what, how did you spill it? Oh, maybe this time leave it upright. Right. We'll try with that. We'll see what happens if you try that. And so, you know, with, with our thoughts, we can do the same thing where it's like, Hey, I've been here before. Thank you thoughts for, you know, trying to protect me, but I'm okay. I'm safe. Right. And, and then it's like this feeling of empowerment because I'm the same way. I feel defeated if, um, you know, if I don't go into that. And that's honestly what's helped me a lot with the cold showers. I know the second I'm done, you know, I do transition showers uh, a lot of the time. So I'll do a hot shower and then there'll be a point where I'm done. And then I'll start to notice if I'm lagging. I'm like, oh, let me just stand on that. And I'm like, nope. And then I just turn the nozzle all the way. And uh-huh. I get every part of my body, especially like I, I'm, I know there's these uh, important places to hit under the armpits. Um, I forget the exact uh, reason, but, you know, I'll get it all over my body. And, you know, I what my intention is, is to smile in the process, right? Because at first, of course, it's alarming, but about 10 seconds into it, I'm already starting to be like, even those thoughts that were like, you know, telling me don't do it are like, look how amazing this feels, right? Like this is incredible. And so then I start smiling through it. And uh, I always say that's bonus points. If you can smile through it. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah that, that's that's great man that's awesome yeah. <laughs> i love it yeah you know one of the things i've noticed too uh with breath work is that you know and this is one of the other things you you're an expert in is you know for me i failed to realize for a long time how psychedelic breath work can be and so i know that you said you've done some hour-long sessions and you know i'm curious for you like you know having done plant medicines too which again we're going to get into the next episode but having done some really intense deep journeys with plants you know what do you how do you feel breath work relates to that experience because for me like you know again physiologically we know it's releasing you know dmt we know it's releasing different neurotransmitters endorphins etc but for me you know when i do breath work especially if i'm interacting with cannabis or something like that i can have some very profound experiences and so i'm curious what you would say about that and if you've experienced things similar yeah absolutely uh, a very similar experience to doing plant medicine uh, on breath work mm. Um, that's what I experienced in Poland with Wim, and uh, I felt the same. It induces the same connection to self, and um, that's when uh, you know I started getting more into this uh, kind of deep breathing, uh, Wim Hof style breathing. And um, what I noticed is that it facilitates uh, emotional trauma release. For first of all, for me, um, I mean, I've, I've had some. Emo big emotional trauma release uh, in Poland. I was really emotional at, at, in that state, first of all, and mm. uh, I was going really deep. I was, you know, not holding anything back. And um, you know how um, plant medicine can be traumatic for some people. You know, some people are are not ready, or they may get a, a bigger dose that they can handle, and they can have some, uh, you know, traumatic. Uh, um, I'm not going to say negative, but uh, traumatic experiences they're not ready or an experience they're not ready, they're not ready to have, right? And then they may go through uh, a long integration period after that. And so what I found with breath work is that uh, people, those that are not ready for, uh, for plant medicine, that they can utilize breath work uh, really efficiently for uh for emotional trauma really so you know we have as you've mentioned we have uh indigenous dmt in our body and so that breathwork facilitates the production and the release of that dmt that is in our body so it's it's it, it is organic to our bodies and the experience is uh is much more holistic uh, and especially for those people that are not you know uh, we're not ready for plant medicine they can have the full benefits of doing, uh, you know, a journey just by just by going through breath work. And I've had many people go through those emotional re releases uh, at my workshops, and I'm I'm just there to hold space for them, for them to feel whatever that comes up, whatever they want to feel, if they want to yell and scream or laugh or, or shout and whatever it is, that's that's perfect, and um, that's what it does, and and. and to me, that's magic and, and it's free. Yes. It's free. It's accessible all the time, all the time. Anytime you're willing to give yourself that space and time to close the door, shut off your phone and give yourself that 45 minutes to, or 30 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour, whatever is good for you and give that time to yourself to go deep within with your breath. It is healing on so many levels. Mm, yeah. And when you're doing this, you know, I imagine it's, you know, there's, there's obviously Wim Hof videos on YouTube and things like that, but I'm curious, you know, are you using like combinations of like sympathetic and parasympathetic breath work styles? Like, you know, say Wim Hof and like a box breathing, or is it more focused on like sympathetic to get that, you know, nervous system response where you're actually releasing some emotional trauma, you know, are there reasons why you would choose one over the other? I'm curious what you'd say there. Um, so at the Wim Hof Method workshops, I strictly use the Wim Hof Method breathing style. Um, I've used uh, many kind of different other uh, uh, styles of breathing at my uh, other workshops or at my other retreats. But at the Wim Hof Method, so what, what's happening is as you're breathing, right? So you're going into both sympathetic and parasympathetic. As you're taking these breaths, over-oxygenizing your, your blood with oxygen and, and exhaling a lot of uh, CO2, you're going into the sympathetic, right? And mm. when you're doing the breath hold, you're holding your breath 
you're dropping into the parasympathetic, into a slight hypoxic state. So you're dropping in between the two uh, nervous system. Mm. Sympathetic, breath hold, parasympathetic. Then breathing again, sympathetic, holding, parasympathetic. And so you're going between the two and kind of getting into this flow state. Mm. Or I like to call the dream state where your mind just kind of goes in and out from these different uh, states of being, being present or being away. Thoughts can come through. Emotional trauma can come up from your subconscious mind. And and it's just that, you know, it's kind of uh, <laughs> incredibly <laughs> it's deep. Yeah. It's magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny, man. I've been doing Muay Thai now for like the last six months. And uh, my trainer, he has this really cool breath work uh, that we do every time we start. And it's just one round. You know, we're, we're not doing anything where we're like really dedicated. It's like an hour or something. But it's, uh, you know, from what I understand, it's a combination of like nitric oxide, um, you know, breathing, CO2 retention, and then a round of Wim Hof at the end. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, man, you know, combining those couple of styles, and this is specifically meant for like, you know, uh, this guy's breath work is like made for go exercise after you do this, right? So it's a pretty energizing breath work style. But right after, uh, right after the CO2 retention, where you're taking in as little breath as possible after you've done your nitric oxide breathing, you're allowing your body to kind of want more air. And then you're doing Wim Hof right after. And I find mm-hmm. that, you know, once I do my little squeeze, my two second squeeze, when I, after I do my round of Wim Hof, I literally feel my body turn into a full beam of light. Like I almost feel like Mm -hmm. I'm a dragster spinning my tires about to take off at a hundred miles an hour. And then like, I'll relax after of course. Right. And not have the full blast off, but it's so amazing, man. Like just having that, like talk about a pattern interrupt, right? Like, you know, when we're stuck in our stinking thinking, right. As Paul says, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we're challenged. Maybe we wake up and we just feel off or something like that. This is one of the main reasons I love going and like ripping a couple rounds of Wim Hof, especially when it's nice out, you know, just go sit in the deck, watch the sunrise, listen to the birds and rip around or two of that. And when you get that euphoric state after you blast off and then you slowly reintegrate back into your body, I giggle like uncontrollably mm-hmm. every time. Like I am laughing like a hyena. And once mm-hmm. you, once you do that, you're alchemizing energy. You are acting as an alchemist of your body. So for me, what I've noticed is once I do that, whatever challenge I was having before that, it's not that it magically vanished, but now I'm seeing it from a different vantage point. And I'm like, oh, that thing, that's not that big of a deal, right? And it's like, think about how powerful this is, right? With everything going on in the world, especially right now, you know, uh, things that are out of our control, you know, uh, and all the other things that are happening too, but really as a blanket term, things that are out of our control. And how are we going to respond to those things? Or rather, are we going to respond to them or are we going to react to them? And, you know, there's a, there's a saying that comes to mind, which is a lot of times, you know, when we react to a situation and we feel justified in doing it, it's almost like drinking poison and expecting it to hurt the other person, right? Or other thing where say, if we get ourselves in a bunch over, you know, a something, let's just say, quote unquote, something going on in the world, right? Let's say if we get our stuff in a bunch over that, you know, might feel like, yes, you know, we're, we're not okay with this. We're not going to stand for it. But at the same time, we're just up leveling our nervous system and putting stress hormones into our body and all of these things versus actually figuring out like, okay, if I do want to help the situation, how do I actually play an integral role in this? And so I feel what this, what specifically Wim Hof has done for me, that breathwork style has allowed me to really pattern interrupt myself. Anytime I start to see my thoughts going negative, I blast a round or two of that and I start seeing them from a different vantage point. I think that's so powerful. That's beautiful, brother. And mm. I, I'll, I'll just add one thing. There is, the, there is an X factor. Mm. The key ingredient to all of this, and this is you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you. How you do it, your intention, um, how deep you're willing to go. Uh, are you willing to let go? Are, are you are you going to allow whatever that needs to come through, come through? It really depends on you. So um, the experience that you're going to have is solely dependent on you and how yes. open and how willing and uh, everything that I've just mentioned all those things they matter and uh, they make a difference and and no two experiences i are the same you know you're just describing your experience there you know i see a lot of similarities to what but we can't really explain fully what you what you felt right you can try to but they're just unique to you 
on your own level and they're unexplainable really when you like get down to the to the to the you know to the <laughs> yes. basis of it yes they're unique to you and you just know how it feels that's all and yes. it could be anything <laughs> yeah dude beautifully said man you know it's so fun doing breath work with other people especially people that are like you know psychonauts and people like that that are just interested like so genuinely childlike curious about like what is happening i remember the first time i discovered breath work on plant medicines right which you know is something we can explore in in greater detail in the next episode but you know, I remember when I found that button out, right? When I was interacting with some psilocybin and did a round of breath work and was like, that was uh, ridiculously intense. Like what just happened? And I remember we did it at the end of a, uh, at the end of a ceremony I led, right? Like a cannabis ceremony. And it was at a retreat. And, um, and uh, we decided at the end, I was like, Hey, everyone had such a great experience. People were moving energy. I was like, let's hold hands and, you know, do some ohms together. And I'm just going to, lead us on, on a couple rounds of breath work. We'll see what happens, right? I just felt like intuitively this would be cool. So it's like 20 people. We all sit down. We're super connected. We've been hanging out for a week at that point. We do the ohms. We sit down. I give everyone a really quick, like almost abbreviated Wim Hof. I call it DMT breathing, but it's just a really quick in through the nose, out through the mouth, 10 reps, 10th one, breathe in as high as you can, swallow, squeeze, let it go. Mm-hmm. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not shitting. Everyone blasted off. Like I blasted off harder than I've ever blasted off in my entire <laughs> life. I didn't even know what blasting off was before this. And I remember uh-huh. everyone coming back at the same time and looking at each other, like what just happened. And that moment is the best moment ever. Like it's just because <laughs> no one can explain Beautiful. it. Right. Like you were saying, it's just everyone experienced something and everyone's genuinely like, did you feel that? Did you feel that? I don't know. What did you feel? And it's, it, I mm-hmm. love those moments. That's what makes life worth living for me. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, such a, it's a, it's a, it's quite different doing breath work together in a group because, you know, we're connected to each other through breath, you know, breath is, breath is consciousness. We are connected to each other through breath and we're not, and we're doing it with intention and uh, with full awareness that's when you know these incredible moments just like you know 10 breaths boom and you guys are all just felt it like what what was it it was it was that like yeah you feel (laughs) it's like it's like how paul paul talks about the Tao, right it's like you know it can't be stated it can't be explained yet it's everything Mm -hmm. and it's like i think that's one of the best explanations for what we're getting onto here like that i've ever heard is just like yeah i can't explain it and I know it was real, right? Whatever mm-hmm. real is real for me anyway, you know, and it seems yes. like for a lot of other people too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amazing, man. Well, dude, yeah, you know, this has been such an amazing ride and I want to make sure I give you an ample opportunity to drop where people can find you. Um, what workshops you have coming up, anything else you'd like to plug, uh, take it away. Tell people where they can find you and connect deeper with you. Uh, thanks brother i have a couple of workshops lined up i have a workshop in long island coming up on february 5th and then i'm in uh, brazil on february 10th for a couple of uh, workshops with my friend jonas um then i'm going to be in hawaii beginning of march for probably four maybe five workshops from march 3rd through the 15th and I do have a two-day weekend retreat up in the Catskill Mountains, February 25th through the 27th. That's going to be an amazing experience with all kinds of, you know, cold exposure, uh, sound sound therapy, art, art therapy. And, um, and uh, yeah, that's it that I can think of for right now. And you guys can find me on Instagram, which is openmind underscore Inc. I have a website. It's, it is called evolvewithyuri.com. And I also have a profile on the Wimkoff Method portal, which is wimkoffmethod.com forward slash instructors forward slash Yuri Opendix uh, spelled O-P-E-N-D-I-K. Hell yes, yeah. That's- Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Yeah, man. You're a mover and a shaker. You know, I see how many workshops you do. And I'm like, this guy is getting it straight out there, just slaying it. <laughs> like you're always doing workshops. It seems like every weekend. And I love to see people that are that passionate about what they do. You know, I'll crank out six episodes a week sometimes on the podcast and people are like, that's insane. And I'm just like, yeah. I just love it so much. And meeting other people that like love their craft so much. It's so inspiring. And it keeps my flame alive. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. You too, your inspiration to me, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's, it's, yeah. it's a true pleasure Absolutely. to share with you. Thank you, man. And I got one last question for you, bro, which is this. If someone <laughs> listening 
could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Yuri Opendick suggest that change be? Love yourself more. Yes, I love that. <laughs> Guys, when I first met Yuri, I immediately felt a deep connection to him. It was clear that he had not only devoted himself to his purpose and work, but that he had also taken the necessary time to quote-unquote realize, aka integrate his knowledge, into an embodied state of being. Yuri is proof of how much more powerful we truly are than we give ourselves credit for, and is a master of his craft. For anyone looking to supercharge their being, unlock their inner power, and become the eye in the storm of life's challenges, make sure you give Yuri a follow and keep a keen eye on all the amazing workshops he is hosting, as these workshops not only give you the opportunity to achieve the previously mentioned attributes, but also give you an opportunity to meet like-minded individuals just like you, who are dedicated to squeezing every last drop of excitement, connection, and euphoria out of their experience of life as a whole. Yuri, thank you for being a guiding light in my life, for your devotion to being of service in such powerful ways for those you serve, and for taking the time to share your journey with the listeners and I today. And until next time, my brother, journey well, be well. Much love over to you. Namaste. Namaste, brother. Thank you so much. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.